Welcome to season two of I Vet So Hard, the not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams. Hold on to your sanity, happiness, and success. Learn a few new tricks and embrace efficient processes that actually work in veterinary practice. In each episode, we'll kick the tires on a hot topic and break it down into five key takeaways that you can start using right away. I'm Dr. Stacy Santi. I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. I'm Dr. Krista Wallace. And this is I Vet So Hard. Okay, Krista, today we are talking about how to get feedback from your clients and then what to do with the feedback. And we got this idea because you recently did something super cool at your practice. And I want you to tell everybody about it. Let's just start there. Like, tell us what you did at Monticello Animal Hospital. Well, I'm trying to, as a small practice in Kansas, I'm trying to find ways to boost my bottom line, but also find ways to connect with my clientele and provide the service that they want. So I'm considering adding wellness plans to my practice or payment plan options to my practice, because after reading some of the studies out there in our profession, I know that a lot of our clients are struggling. And I'm seeing that when they come in, they're picking and choosing which, you know, products they want to use for their pets or which services they can afford that day. And so we sent out a very simple three-question survey to all of our clients via a push notification as well as an email blast, asking them if they were first interested in wellness plans or medical plans or both. And then the second question was, do you have any financial constraints when it comes to making decisions about your pets? Very simple questions, a very short survey. We sent it out and we were surprised to find that over 50%, almost 80% definitely wanted plan options and almost 70% had financial constraints. So that told me that it's something I need to look into because my demographics are changing and this is what my clientele wants. So I need to be able to provide those options for part of the clientele base that I serve. Amazing, which it's so important to get feedback from your clients. And I think, you know, if you don't know what your clients are feeling and thinking, then you're kind of uh, like in Apollo 13, just trying to keep the moon in the window. You don't really, you're flying blind a little and you might think, you know, just cause you're there day in, day out, you spend like your life at your practice. But I will say if you aren't asking your clients specific questions and doing a proper survey from time to time, you're kind of flying blind. So we want to talk today about how you can maximize feedback from your clients and staff for that matter. Like we're going to go over how to get it. uh, How much do you need? How can you set yourself up to get the most responses from your survey? And then what you're going to do with it. So let's dig right in. Number one, you know, we like to do things in five around here at IVET so hard. So number one is you've got to identify your audience. Like who do you want to get your information from? Yeah. So for clients, do you want a small subset of your clients? Are you just looking 
for questions or feedback from dog owners or maybe cat owners, or is it from everybody? You need to make sure that you define what that audience is going to be if you're getting it from clients versus if you're getting it from your staff. Are you wanting one-on-one -on -one feedback from each individual staff member? Um, are you wanting this to be a collective group construct? Um, so I think it really matters. This is something that you really have to decide when you're starting to ask the questions about feedback. Yeah, and I see a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people are doing post-visit surveys, but let's just think about that for one second. You're only serving people that are coming in. Now, how are you thinking about the people that aren't coming in? Maybe your specific problem, you're trying to see, you know, what is preventing cat owners from bringing their cat in, then you aren't going to get very far if you're just selecting clients that come in. You need to think about your audience and make sure you're targeting the right people. Now, another group that you might not think about serving in your practice very often is your staff, but they often have things to say that they feel uncomfortable saying, or maybe they're just gossiping about it in the, treat, in the treatment room when you're not there. And I think it's really important to routinely survey your staff as well and think of them as just another customer. They are a stakeholder. They are a customer, just like the paying client with the pet. And so setting up these surveys so you can hear from them is super important too. And I think you have to go into it also with the mindset of don't take things personal. You're asking for the feedback. They're giving you their answer or their point of view. It's not meant to intentionally hurt you as an individual, but it is constructive. And so you need to make sure that you're receiving that. Like you said one time to me, you're not going to take that one crazy cat lady who is complaining every time she comes in about how horrible you guys are. So you're not going to just take one specific feedback and go with that. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey guys, it's Stacy from the iVetSohar podcast. I wanted to tell you about a brand new course we just released on iVetSohar.com. It's called the seven love languages of client loyalty. It's a collection of seven videos that each focus on an element of the client experience. You know how to win and keep your top clients. And since client loyalty is a team sport, the way it works is you'll play a 15 minute video at your staff meeting, then use our discussion guide to have a conversation with your team about that month's topic. The course is available at ivetsohard.com and you can get it for just $299. One recent manager that took the course said there were so many ideas for her team that it felt like practice manager Christmas. So head on over to ivetsohard.com and check it out. So number two is identify the purpose of your feedback. And what I mean by this is what kind of feedback do you want? Is it something specific? Or is it just big picture general stuff? So Krista, you did something specific. Yeah, I, I was considering a new service. So if you're considering adding a new service, or if you're just wanting to check the financial constraints of your clients, that's what I was doing. And that was very specific to my clientele. And I was wanting very specific knowledge. Um, but you can use this for other things when you're dealing with specifics, such as 
How is the process of checking you out? Was there anything that we could do better? Or how do you feel about our prices in general? Or like you said, you brought up the idea of asking about their last visit because clients really think about that. And sometimes that last visit leaves a not so good impression on them. And you need to know that. Yes. So when you have a specific targeted question, it's actually way easier to survey people about that because you, you're actually seeking information. You get the information, you can take action. Now, the other way to do it is just general serving of your whole clientele. And you're just kind of asking, how are you doing? Big picture items. These are good to do probably about once a year at your practice where you just survey the whole database, the people that are lapsed, the best clients, like everybody, and you go for some really key things. This is going to be big things like brand impression, convenience of doing business with you, overall feelings towards your clinic. But that's a little bit different than when you have a specific question you're trying to get answered. So just know what your purpose is, and then you'll be able to set yourself up in the proper channel, which brings us to number three. What are the various ways to get your clients to talk to you and answer these questions. So what you did, Krista, was digital. I simply use JotForm. It's a, a very easy online free platform that you can use to set up a survey and send it to your clients. And we sent it via email. We also sent it through our app, through push notifications as well. But you can send this any kind of digital online forms through email, through text, you can send it in an app if you have one. And I, I actually did create a QR code in our exam room as well for the clients who were coming in during the day to just scan that code and it sent them straight to the JOT form. Another way you can get feedback is really, you know, you're going new school, Krista, you can go old school and do just a box and a little paper. You know, I think about when I was in third grade, do you like me? Yes or no. Like you can make it super easy for your clients to answer a specific question. And you could have a question of the month and gather feedback that way. You can also do an old fashioned paper survey when the client's waiting to check in. And that is probably going to get you a lot of responses, but it's a bit heavy on the analytics side because you're going to have to manually look at all of that information. But, you know, it's still there. It's easy to do. And then the other way, and this is like one of my favorite ways, is in-person solicitation for feedback. But you have to be pretty good at it and you have to make it easy for the client to give you the feedback or say what they think. Because I will tell you this, most people don't want to give you their honest opinion. Now, the assholes that go on your Yelp and Google and give you the one-star review, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that like you and they're a little slightly disappointed in something that happened. And for example, we go to this local restaurant here where I live in Bayfield, Colorado, and it's the cutest restaurant ever. This girl, Kelsey, owns it. She has a menu, three dishes a week. She's only open Wednesday through Saturday night. And she is really hustling and she's lovely. And she serves us in our little podunk town, these very fancy dishes. 
And sometimes they're off a little, like sometimes they're not great. Like one time we had um, fried chicken with blueberry and it was like interesting, but like we didn't love it. But Kelsey's so great. She'll come out of the kitchen and say, how was it? And you say, fine, right? Like, that's what you always say is it was fine. Even if you hated it, I've seen people do this at any restaurant. You say, it's fine because you don't really want to say, uh-huh, not that great. So what you have to do is ask in a special way. You're a waitress, you go up to somebody and you notice that they only ate half of their meal. You can say, how was everything? And they say, fine, because that's what you do. Then you say, oh, great. Or you can say, oh, really? Are you sure it was fine? Because we're really getting feedback on this dish. We aren't sure if we want to bring it back again or not. And I noticed you didn't eat at all. So was it really okay? And then you can say, well, I don't know. I didn't love the blueberry. When you do it like that, you get feedback. So you got to think about how you're saying things. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And that's an excellent point and example of how to ask leading questions, but also to make that consumer feel safe in giving their feedback to you. Yeah, really important if you're going to do it in person that you kind of just explain why you want the feedback and that you actually really care about their opinion. Okay, so our fourth point here, and this one's really important, you guys, is what is an acceptable response rate? Because I will tell you, I've worked with a lot of practices that will get like two people bitch about something and they want to change their whole protocol. And you have to think about it in percentages. Is it two people out of a hundred that you asked? Because that's 2%. Is it two people out of a thousand people you asked? Because that's 0.2%. So when you think about it in percentages, you can kind of absorb the information in a way that is logical and pragmatic. And when you are reading your results, I will just add super quick here, a little little hot tip, make sure that you are well hydrated and fed. You do not want to read your survey results when you are in a bad mood, trust me, because those one or two are going to be a thorn in your side. Hey guys, it's Krista Wallace from the I Vet So Hard podcast. Did you know that I Vet So Hard is race approved? All you need to do is listen to three episodes and take a quiz at ivetsohard.com and we will send you your CE certificate. It's that easy. There is actually some data on what an acceptable response rate is for a survey. Like we aren't the only company businesses out here surveying people. Yeah. So you want to try to include somewhere in the neighborhood of at least 50 to 100 people and hopefully more than that. At my hospital, that last survey I sent out, I think it went out to almost 3,000 people. So the more the better, um, especially if you're asking for something specific. And we also found out that an excellent return rate is 50%. So if you can get half of your clients to respond to your survey, you are doing very, very well. In reality, you're probably looking at five to 30%. I think 30% is about average, 
But if you can get up to 50%, then you're doing fantastic. And the higher percent you get, the more believable the results are. Okay, so if you get 5% and you're not loving the answer, you might want to try again because you, you really want to get a high percentage if it's something big that you're looking at changing at your practice. So how are we going to get 50% of people to answer a survey? That's not easy because people are super busy and everyone else is surveying them as well. But there are a few things you can do to increase your response rate. The first one is for the love, keep it short. People don't want to, you know, answer 20 open-ended questions from you. If you can use drop-down menus for multiple choice or yes, no, those sorts of things, you're going to get a lot more responses. And then you can always add an optional comment box to get the comments. That's one thing you have got to keep it short. And I'm thinking like five questions or less. That's going to get you where you want to be around this 50% number. That's a good point. And it needs to be easy. So if you are sending this digitally to clients, what we did is we made a link or you can send a QR code. All they have to do is click it and they're right there. That's how easy it is. And when it's short, then they can finish it and move on to the next, next task. Yeah, you can't be asking them a bunch of questions like, your name, your address, your phone number, your email, all these things are annoying. So limit five questions. Name is one of the questions. So short and sweet. Okay. The other thing you can do, which I love this one so much is provide an incentive to completing your survey. So what you can do here is at the end of your survey, if you're doing some sort of drawing or something, you could say, would you like us to add your name to the drawing? If so, enter your email. And that way people can choose if they want to be anonymous or not. So having a drawing is a great incentive. There are other incentives though. We use loyalty points with our clients. This is something you actually taught me. And for every client who is involved in our loyalty program through our app, they get a paw print. And this is a big driver, a big incentive for our clients. Um, but we also... For in-person, if we're doing in-person surveys or we're soliciting advice, we have little uh, doggy and kitty bags of treats that we will give the clients for taking the time to do that. And anything that you can give them for free as they walk out the door, they're super happy and they think they've won something. So we try to provide them with cute little bags like Chiefs bags or Royals bags uh, with treats for their pets in it. Yeah, I love that. And you can also do a donation to a charity. For example, for every response you get, you're going to donate a dollar to your favorite pet charity. Something like this is going to help people want to participate in your survey. This brings us to number five. How do we handle the information that we got in the survey? Well, I think it depends. And it depends on is the information from clients or from staff. But I think the one thing you should never do is do nothing with that information. When you keep asking for feedback, especially from staff members, and you do nothing to change what it is they're responding to, then they're going to stop giving you any kind of feedback. And then you're going to be running the hospital blind. So for me, staff personally can be the hardest 
because I think you should publish and discuss the results if you want in a group setting. But I also think it's very, very important to respond individually to each person and make sure that they know that you have heard them and that you are going to take action with what they have given you. And it may not be the action that they're looking for, but it is going to be action. And I think if you just validate, especially your staff, you're going to get so much culture boost in your hospital that uh, it will be a win-win situation. Oh, yeah. And most times it's not a forum for you to go in, present your side of the story and your defense of whatever they said. Now, sometimes there can be a flat out misunderstanding about something. So you do need to say, oh, wait, wait, that isn't right. It's not like that. It's this way. But if they're just saying that the culture isn't great around here, you need to just not get angry and not try to be defensive about it and tell them how you're doing your best, but you're working 70 hours a week and you're exhausted and you haven't had a day off in five months. That is not what they're looking for. They're looking for like, I really value that feedback. I want to thank you. Would you be open to me asking you some more questions about it? It's something like that, you guys. Now, when it comes to the client feedback, there are a few things you need to do here as well. I'm a huge fan of publishing the results of your feedback on social media. Now, this might give some of you a little heart palpitation, but think about it this way. Krista is a perfect example. You just surveyed all your clients and said, should we get wellness plans at our hospital? Now, she can make a very nice post here on social media that says, we surveyed a thousand clients in 700 responses told us, yes, you want wellness plans. We really appreciate that feedback. What do you guys think? Drop it in the comments. Like you're going to get more feedback, but just showing that you are doing something is really important. Now you could have a trickier situation. Let's say we surveyed you know, a thousand clients and 50% of you told us that our checkout time is way too long. We hear you. We are going to make some changes to try to speed that up for you. Like you don't have to be perfect. I think the fact that you're acknowledging and responding is what. Yeah. And I think it's also important when you're getting the feedback from clients, discuss this in a staff meeting. Let everybody know that this is what the clients want. These were the results from our survey and see what they say. Make sure that you're easing their fears. If you're going to be adding a new wellness plan or payment plans, they might freak out because they think that it's going to be more work for them. So go through that, discuss it, and make sure that everybody is on board with the new changes if that's the case. But once you know what you've got to do, like for you, Chris, it's a no brainer. You've got to get wellness plans. Now go get wellness plans, go do it. Don't just put it on for next year. Go do it, make it happen. Because if you don't have any intention of making it happen, or you're too busy to make it happen, you should just not ask. That's our big point here for today. And our big takeaway is if you're going to ask be prepared to receive the answer and be prepared to do something about it. Otherwise, just keep your mouth shut and keep moving forward in the way you are. But if you ask, you've got to respond. 
Amen. All right, guys, we hope that this has given you some insights on what to do with surveys. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Bet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to IBetSoHard.com to sign up for bonus content with more tips on how to kick ass. We will see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to keeping your sanity at your practice.